Hey, thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. If you've got your Bibles, let's go Psalm 27. We're in a series called Good God. And... Uh, Here's the idea here. Oftentimes in the beginning of the year, um, we'll have a series and the, the focus is often on, on disciplines or new year, new you, that kind of idea. And as we were in the middle of starting 2021 and going through all that we've gone through in 2020, um, I wanted to just start off the year uh, in the middle of the fast, feasting on the knowledge of God, feasting on who God is. And so we've been looking at the attributes of God, inspired by A.W. Tozer's book, Knowledge of the Holy, uh, which is a little book about what God is like. And we've just been looking at God as holy. And then we looked at the merciful God. Last week, we looked at the jealous God. We've looked at the missional God, relational God, faithful God. And we've just been taking one attribute, one characteristic of who God is, and been just feasting on what God is like. And so today we're going to go after, um, it's going to be the last installment in this series, uh, The Goodness of God. And so uh, this will be the last week of good God. If you've got your Bibles, let's go Psalm 27. I'm going to read it, then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go after it. It says this, Psalm 27. We're just going to look at this last verse, because here's David, and he says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Father, we love you today, and we ask, Lord Jesus, that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in our lifetime. And I pray for each person that's in the room or online that has lost heart or is close to losing heart or is living on fumes. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would inject passion, that you would renew and refresh and restore life today. We pray that as we behold the goodness of God, that we would today be renewed and refreshed and that we would develop lifestyles of beholding, seeing the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. During 2020, um, I have a good friend that uh, experienced losing his job for the first time in his life. And so he's middle-aged, uh, wife and kids, and the only uh, job in the family. And I was walking with him as he faced just the massive disappointment, the pain, really the pain in the pandemic of losing, of, of losing the job. And, and then going through that season of what's next and what do I have and where do I go? I, I was hanging out with another friend of mine and he had a death in his family. And so facing the tragedy of dealing with the loss and just out of the, the pain of death and never, never experienced anything like that and trying to lead his family just through that process. And it's, a, it's, it's painful, it's challenging, it's, it's a season of hardship. I, I, I was talking with another friend that um, had dreams of ministry. In fact, um, I was thinking about this leader a decade ago, filled with zeal, passion, love for God, faithfully doing all the things necessary to do what was needed to end up in ministry. And, and in the middle of 2020, in the middle of this pandemic, uh, the ministry that he's leading is, is no more. 
and the pain and the disappointment and the sadness. And really just thinking about David here. And David's facing pain. I don't know what you're going through, but David was going through this tragedy. I was thinking about another friend of mine that called me about his buddy who committed suicide in 2020 and talking to me about how do I face this pain? How do I go through this season? What do I do? So I'm just picturing these different conversations with real people, real pain, and it's the loss of a family member to death. It's the friend that committed suicide. It's the loss of the job. It's the loss of the ministry. It's so much heartache. And really, you can give a lot of trite answers. But really, if you listen to David, he gives us a window into how to making it through the darkest moments. He gives us a window into how we can listen to him. It's not just surviving. I would have lost heart unless I had believed, unless deep like this core conviction, unless I believed I would see Like, behold, know, see, be able to articulate the goodness of God. And then he says this phrase, in the land of the living. So that's talking about my lifetime. So that's not saying, hey, in heaven, which that's a great theme. That's a great idea. But David here is talking about in my lifetime, in the land of the living, I want to behold. I want to see. I would have lost heart. Or the New American Standard says, I I, I, I would have got to this place of desperation. It's the word despair. I would have despaired. And many people live in that state of despair. Many people right now are living in a place, maybe it's you, where you're living in a place of, I think I'm there. The word despair seems hard. Maybe the NIV with, I would have lost heart. That kind of says where I'm at. But David, in his pain and in his heartache and in his trial, he gives us a window into how to make it. Unless I had believed, I would see the goodness of the Lord or the goodness of God in the land of the living. And where I want to go today in the middle of whatever you're walking through is I want, I want us to first kind of just take a test, just say, am I still beholding the goodness of God in my life? We're going to take a test and then we're going to go after feasting on what it looks like in our church services, but in our life between Sundays, Monday through Saturday, to actually feast on the goodness of God. Because I think that for us, it's easy to have time pass by and have us be busy with so many other things other than feasting on the goodness of God. I'll never forget um, 2014, uh, our Desperation Youth Conference. I spent 20 years um, doing leading youth conferences from 1995 to 2015 before we planted Radiant Church. And um, I'll never forget walking into uh, one of the sessions And I was walking in late. Worship was already going. There's about 6,000 youth and young adults there. And there's this about 100 kids in the lobby outside, not in the main session. So you got a picture. We've worked for a year to create this environment. We've got some of the best worship bands and speakers in the country. We've flown them in. We've got kids. And I've got stories of kids that for years have had their lives transformed in the presence of God, encountering God, and it changes their whole future. And so I got this dream and this vision to have these kids in, in there. And, and you've got the moments where kids are worshiping and seeking God. And, and I'll never forget walking in and seeing in the lobby, not in the room, but in the lobby, probably about 116 year olds, give or take four years. And they're on phones and iPads and laptops. And they're just sitting there on video games and social media. 
<laughs> I don't know, watching some movie on Netflix or something. I mean, like, like just staring at a screen. And, you know, you have something when you're a father. I've got four kids, and, you know, I feel like one day I want to write a book called Fathers Fighting Screens, because that's the story of my life. But, uh, but, but I felt like in that moment, I could just, I just had this angst. I just had this, like, this, this longing, like, if you could just, if you could just put that down and, and, and know what's available to you, if you'll draw near to the heart of God, transformation, if you'll worship, if you'll gather with your generation and seek God, do you have any clue? And I was just thinking this week about what our heavenly father might think of us in this season. Like you and I in a time where the presence of God, the opportunity to worship, to pray, to lead people, to disciple people, to become greater disciples, to become greater students of the word, to actually serve, make a difference, to be proclaimers. I just was thinking about if our heavenly father, if I could just even take that scene that I experienced, I wonder if our God sees us sitting in our homes and in our cars and we're just binge watching each other on social media. We're just binge watching made up stories on Netflix. We're just binge watching a whole lot of bad news. We're just binge watching perpetual sports. And I just had the thought, what would happen if we resolved to binge watch the goodness of God? Like I'm going to lock in with what David said. I would have lost heart. It could be possible that if you'll uptick beholding, binge watching, seeing the goodness of God, you'd be surprised how your heart starts to grow. I would have lost heart. It could be that a step out of despair would be step into beholding God. Now I'm going to go there, but first I want you just to take a test. Pop quiz, all right? And just ask the question, am I currently, not 10 years ago, not even three years ago, today in 2021, am I currently beholding or seeing David's phrase, seeing the goodness of God, present tense? What would it look like? So I'm just gonna ask you three questions. First of all, do I still worship God? Beyond singing songs, do I still come before God, look to God and have this declare, you are worthy, you are weighty, you are big, you are holy, you are good, you, you, are, you are God, do I worship? David said in Psalm 34, eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. So there can be a preacher, a blogger, a podcaster talking about the goodness of God, but there is great delight for the individual to taste and see that the Lord is good. So in your life, what does it look like if right now you are tasting, like you are worshiping, you're seeking God and you're saying, I am not just on Sundays, including Sundays, we gather, we worship, but even between Sundays and, and getting, getting out of the fray of looking at other things and feasting my eyes on God, tasting and seeing, seeing that he's good, beholding him, looking at him. For me, in seasons where I feel like I'm starting to lose my heart, one of the things that I've found is that there will be certain psalms or words of Jesus or scriptures that will be, that I'll, I'll memorize and I'll start to just say back to God. And it helps me kind of get out of the temptation to have all the other things keep me weighted down and be able to look to God. So it can be scriptures, specifically 
In seasons of your life, it can be songs too. That's what I found. Like for me, uh, right now in this season, in this pandemic, I, I told you this story, but I have screamed at Alexa in 2020. I would say out of the 365 days of 2020, you know, a solid 280 of them where I screamed, Alexa, play goodness of God. And here's what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm tempted to have all the other storylines dictate how I feel. I'm tempted to binge watch what Nathan is doing, what the latest show is, if the Sooners are winning. I'm tempted to live my life based upon a lot of other things. But, but when I fix my eyes and I start to go, I'm gonna declare who God is. I'm gonna live in this. And it became like an anthem for me in 2020. So even inspiration for this series was the personal devotion of that song, writing it in my prayer journal. You're good, you're good, you're good. A lot of people critical right now, but you're good. A lot of people fighting in our nation right now, but you're good. And I'm tempted to get mad, but you're good. I have lived in the goodness of God. 2020, the song anthem for me was, I'll serve anywhere, just put your glory in me. It was a season where I had ministry kind of confusion. Like, what's going on? A lot of things that I wanted to go my way didn't go my way, and I found myself just kind of frustrated with what my ministry life looked like in that season. And that song became an anthem. It became all serve. I didn't sign up for this to get a certain ministry career. I signed up for this because of the worth of the worthy lamb. So I'll serve anywhere. Just put your glory in me. The song for me in, in 1997, this is all you kids of the 90s, was up? But do you guys remember like Delirious, like the CDs in the can? I just remember there's a season for me in college of just feeling like I felt like alone and, and had these dreams, but I just didn't have the comrades I needed, didn't have the friends that I needed. Renata broke up with me. It was rough. And uh, I remember just having this season of just driving around Oklahoma City in my 1991 red Mustang, just declaring, find me in the river, find me on my knees. And what I loved about it was it's like this quiet resolve. I've walked against the water. Now I'm waiting, if you please. We didn't count on suffering, but it's, you know, it's, he's singing with this British accent, so it's more anointed. We didn't count on pain. <laughs> but if the blessings in the valley... Then in the river, I will wait. Fly me in the river. I mean, it was just anointed, the power of God. You know, like I just. And I just want to encourage you, get that anthem inside of you. Find your song, find your scripture, and just go back to it. Go back to that place of saying, all right, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to binge watch the goodness of God. I'm going to behold the goodness of God in the land of the living in my lifetime. So many people have the thought process of, all right, salvation, I'll give my life to Jesus. I'll marinate on planet earth for five or six more decades, and then I'll die and I'll worship then. No, 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 worship now. No, I got, I have the opportunity to behold the goodness of God in my lifetime. I have the opportunity to see God now. I have the opportunity to see God at work in the present tense now. So are you currently worshiping present tense reality? Are you currently like asking God? Is the, has the goodness of God so formed your life that you're actually saying, he is so good that I'm gonna actually ask for more things so that a part of my life is asking. Easy for us to say, oh yeah, I'm not one of those like intercessor people. 
So I'm going to categorically step out of the prayer thing. No, no, no. Based upon your view of God, you will either ask a good God for things or you'll have an accusation in your heart that he's not really good anymore. He's not really doing things anymore. So I'm going to take a step back from asking. But if you really believe that he is good, if you really believe that when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, asking you'll receive, seeking you'll find, knocking the door will be open to you. For everyone that asks receives, all who seek find, all who knock the doors open. How many of you withhold good gifts from your children? No, you want to give good gifts like good fathers. You don't give them snakes. You don't give them spiders. You don't give them scorpions. You give them good gifts. You don't give them rocks. You give them good gifts. And if you have deep in your heart, I mean, more than just a song, you're a good, good father, you have this core, core conviction, he is my father and he is still good, then you will find yourself asking. You will find yourself saying, God, oh God, and taking just those different things that you need. It's like, oh God, I'm asking for your presence. I'm asking for the word of God to come alive. I'm asking for my marriage. I'm asking for my kids not to go crazy. Sorry, Doss. I'm asking, just being, I'm asking God for the things in my life. And the prayer, the asking is part of the evidence that you behold him as good. You're still worshiping. You're still asking. And, and, and then I would say, you're still talking about the goodness of God. Ever get around people that they just won't stop talking about how good God is? I, I love Les Beecham. Uh, he's one of our overseers. He's uh, 61, and he's one of my heroes. Uh, I just love this man because every time I'm with him, he drives the conversation back to, oh, isn't God good? And you're like, I don't know, we're just talking about how the Sooners are going to beat the Huskers this year. He's like, he brings it back. No, 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 man, we're just talking about the menu. No, oh, brings it back. He's just got this the weightiness of who God is, I just got to bring. And when you're around people like that, it's because they have this big view. He is really, really, really awesome, really, really good. And James says this, James says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights and does not change. He does not change. We think maybe he's changed. Maybe something has changed to where God's not as good as he used to be. Oh no, he doesn't change. He still gives good gifts. Every good thing comes from him. And when you've lived in it, you want to talk about it. But your temptation and my temptation, I think I live in a culture that tells me that I'm awesome, that I'm a big deal, I'm a consumer, so I should have everything comfortable, pull myself up by the bootstraps and show the world that I am somebody. And so the temptation over time is not to give credit to God, but to give credit to self. Well, I started this business on my own. Well, the reason why this good thing exists in my life is because I, because I read this book, because I took this class, because I have this degree, because I studied this. Shut up. No, no, no. Listen to Jesus. Jesus is I mean, Jesus often goes right at the center as the chief sin. Number one is pride. And our temptation is to just jump all in, have a low conversation about the goodness of God, high on the goodness of self, and be like, I'm good. Better story. You're good. You've been faithful. I worship you. I, I see God. I, I, I'm still asking God, and I'm still speaking of God. 
And I wanna invite you to this. I don't care how awful circumstance you're experiencing right now. You can be someone who sees and talks about the goodness of God. There's a man in 2020, he's in his 50s, and uh, in a helicopter strapped to a bed with doctors, I mean, trying to save his life as he had sudden heart problems, they were taking him from the helicopter to the hospital. And you talk about a crisis. Easy. What? How come I didn't get three more decades? What? I did all these things right. And this is what all those kinds of things could be in a man like that. But as he's in the helicopter, he tells the story of saying, oh God, you've been so good to me. And in that crisis, in that hardship, grateful to God, anticipating being with Jesus, not afraid of death. How do you get there? I was thinking about this lady that I know, and she lives in chronic pain. Um, she's usually bedridden, um, is unable to work a job or do a lot of things that most of us do, small children, because of her physical condition. And yet, if you read her Twitter account, in her scenario, often in bed, here's what she's doing with her life. She is blowing up Twitter with the goodness of God. I mean, you read her account and it's like, I don't know if she's writing in her journal. I don't know if she's singing the scriptures. I don't, but I know the fruit is, he is good. He is faithful. All of you, you gotta know how great my God is. And she's just blowing up the internet. <laughs> it's like, like a little slice of heaven. Worthy, awesome, holy, great is God. Mm. Tough circumstance. Worthy is God. Good, the goodness of God. I was thinking about another lady that I know with a, was told she had cancer and I'll never forget the moment watching her thinking, I'm not sure if I'm gonna live or die, but she was declaring at the top of her lungs, you are good, mm, good, mm. oh yeah, the top of her lungs. Many of us perceive God to be good when I have good circumstance. But when you behold who God is in the middle of your crisis, you can say, God, you are good today, yesterday, in the future, and the goodness of God is my story, even in my most challenging moments. And many of us slide all the way down into losing heart. We slide all the way down into discouragement and despair because we haven't taken time to worship, to behold, to pray, to seek God. And then I kind of see it this way. Have you ever been on a plane where like you're, you're just in the cloud, like you're, it's, it's, it's an overcast day and it's dark and it's gray and then you fly into the clouds and there's this moment 
where you just come up out of the clouds and all you can see is the clouds below you, blue sky and the sun. Have you ever had that? that that's how I see this. That when that happens, the sun was always there. You just had to get up high enough to be able to see it. And there's some people that just live above the clouds. They're just, they're in the, 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 it's not that their circumstance is different. It's that how they're viewing life is through the lens of God rather than spending their lives binge watching each other on social media, the news, constant movies and TV shows and sport to where they're just, they're able to verbalize. They're able to see more. And that's what I want to invite you to. I want to invite you to be in challenging moments and see the goodness of God. I'll give you three things on the goodness of God, how we can do this. First of all is this, and there's 25 different ways on this. Let me just give you three. I just, I just want to just get started. But one of those is you can see the goodness of God in creation, right? Like Renata's amazing at this. Let me just read Romans 120. It says this, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So here's Paul saying, people are without excuse because of creation. You can see the goodness of God in creation. I think this is one of the great ways when you're like, I'm, I'm living in the gray. Go get with God and just look. It's, it's tempting for us to live um, where we think we're the center and everything revolves around us. Because I'm grateful for a free market economy. I'm, I'm grateful for the country that we live in. But I'm also aware that I'm constantly told I'm a big deal. People want me to buy their products. So I'm always told I'm the center. But the truth is, God is the center. I am not the lead character. God is. And sometimes you just have to get out in the middle. I mean, you just get alone out in the middle of a field and stare at the sky or get out in the middle of a boat in Alaska scared to death. And like, oh, creation, God, you're big. Ocean, skies, mountain, fields, trees. I mean, oh, wow. And you could just go, God, you are awesome. You are big. You're incredible. It's one of the ways where you just get out of the cubicle, get out of just the constant media ads at me and saying, it's not actually about me, God. You are big. Second is this, the goodness of God in the life of Jesus, right? So Acts 10 says that Jesus went around doing good. It's one of the, one of the best ways where you can kind of just do a catch-up of, of falling in love with Jesus again is just look at the Gospels and look at the way Jesus is so good to people. Whether they're blind, whether they're sick, Jesus has this, he walks around doing good. Hebrews 1 tells us that when we look at Jesus, we see what God is like. We've got this good God, and he's still doing good things. It's easy for you and me to not see what God is doing because we've got our eyes on other things and because we're not fully engaged with the community of faith. But one of the blessings of my job is I get to be around and see people that are worshiping, serving, laying their life down. And I, I can look and go, there are people that look like Jesus and they're like voluntarily foregoing Netflix on Wednesday nights in order to make disciples of other people. 
They're voluntarily living on less so that they can give to help people that just faced the crisis in, in Texas this week. And, and, and when, you, when you have that in your sights where you're seeing God and the people of God doing the things of God, it elevates the human heart to go, oh, I would have lost heart unless I had seen, unless I had believed and seen the goodness of God in my lifetime, in the land of the living. There is the people of God doing the things of God right now. And when you're engaged, a part of it, seeing it, you're enjoying it. And you're saying, oh, God, you are good. Last one is this, on the feast, that taste and see that he is good. I'm just trying to give you just a few ideas that you would taste, that you would feast on his goodness. See it in the creation. creation. You see it in the life of Jesus. And I just wanna give you just one more in your own life, your own journey. The goodness of God in my life. David says in Psalm 23, one of the most famous texts in scripture, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the great ways to come out of the gray, to come out of the clouds and see the sun, to see God at work the whole time is when you go back and you're able to verbalize where God has been good to you in the past. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. He has been good to you. And the enemy comes along and says, no, he hasn't. I'm gonna lie and show all the ways life did not turn out like you thought. God is not good. That breakup, that financial problem, that lie that someone hurt you, and the enemy wants to do whatever the enemy can to get you to have an accusation in your heart towards God so that you don't see him as good. But if you in your bones believe you are good, you are good, oh yeah, then you can be on your way to the hospital. You can be sitting in bed not getting to do the things that you'd always hoped and blowing up Twitter with the goodness of God. You can be staring at a, at a financial crisis or a health crisis and your lead story is not your pain. Your lead story is the goodness of God. He is good. And I wanna invite you to that. I wanna invite you to have a storyline, not where you live in naivety, not where you pretend like the pain isn't real, but where there's a bigger story. It was one of the most beautiful things for me as I walked with my dad in his journey, is there was always the facts, the medical facts that he faced, but he always had a song in his heart. He always had a bigger story. There was always a greater truth about who God was, even in the midst of the dark days. And the good news for you and for me is no matter what you're going through, and you're going through hard things. This is a hard time, but there's a bigger story. And I just wanna invite you to see it. I was thinking about um, my son Dawson. Uh, I wanted to try to have him connect with some pastor's kids. Um, so I took him to, uh, just to ha- create some new friends. So I took him to this pastor kid, pastor's kid event. And, um, you know, I thought he'd get back in the car and be like, yeah, dad, it was awesome. You know, I met these other pastor's kids and now we're best friends. Um, but instead he got back in the car and he said, dad, those, those kids see being a pastor's kid as lame. They're all like giving sad thoughts about how hard it is. He's like, but 
I think being a pastor's kid is awesome. I was like, what's up, right? <laughs> he could be saying, oh, pastor's kid, I lose my Saturday nights. I have no privacy. My dad talks about me all the time. I have no, I have no privacy. He tells every story about me. There could be a lot of those things, but it's just a different perspective. And I just want to invite you. That's what I see in these people. That's what I see in the man on his way to the hospital. That's what I see in the lady. I mean, think about the darkness, the dark place that is Twitter. And she's a light. Think about, think about this lady that got the, the, just the news that none of us want to ever get. And she's just singing the top of her lungs, tears in her eyes. You are good. I have lived in the goodness of God. You are good. And I just want to invite you today. Look at God. Worship again. Pray again. Speak of God instead of self. Give credit to God again. And watch yourself rise above all the mess that tends to keep us we think legitimately mad, legitimately depressed, legitimately, David's word, despair, lost heart. But today, I'm gonna take just a moment. I wanna just invite you just to pray and to come before God and say, you are good. And I wanna invite you to, to say this in the middle of your hard circumstance. So not waiting till all the circumstance gets fixed, but in the middle of the pain, declare it. I cling to God even before circumstances changed. A lot of us will say, hey, you're good once everything works out. Uh, once, once, once I get a good report, once I get through the pain, but there's something beautiful how in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the disappointment, you say, God, I, I trust you because you are good. I can depend on you. You know, like um, most of the parents can remember moments where you're in the pool and you're looking at your little kid and you're saying, jump, jump. And they're scared to death. And you're looking at them like, what's wrong with you? You think I'm gonna drown you? I've spent like all of my inheritance and my life savings on you. You mean everything to me. I'm, it's two feet deep anyway. Like, they're, jump, I got you. I don't know, I don't know. Our father looks at us and goes, I've got you. I created you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do life with you forever and ever. I sent my son to die for you. Let's go. Stop looking at self. Stop giving yourself so much credit. Stop looking at other things. Stop looking away. Lock eyes with me. I'm better than you think I am. I'm a good father. I got you. Let's stand together. I just wanna pray that together. I'd like to invite you just to pray this prayer, just wherever you're at, in the middle of your circumstance. If you could just identify in your mind, here's what I'm walking through. And I know maybe you're walking through seven things, but just pick one. Just pick one. And with that in your mind, I'd like to invite you just to say this, just say, God, you are good. God, you're good. In my broken relationship, you're good. In my financial debt, you're good. In my crisis, you're good. In my job loss, you're good. In my sickness, you are still good. You're good, God. Open my eyes to see the goodness of God. 
I want to behold him. Father, we come before you today as Radiant Church, and we ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to see the goodness of God in our lifetime, that we would see, that we would behold. I pray that we would not lose heart, but that we would believe we would see the goodness of God in our city, the goodness of God in our families, the goodness of God in our marriages, goodness of God in our lives, the land of the living, Radiant Church, Kansas City. We pray, have your way. If you're here today and you just go, I am so tired of living for myself. I'm so tired of living far from God. I'm so tired trying to be the Lord of my own life and I need God and I want God. I wanna, I wanna be right with God. I wanna, I, I wanna just do life with God. I wanna invite you just to pray this prayer. And this isn't all that you'll say to God. This is your first step and just beginning that journey with God. Just look to God right now. Just say, God, I give you my life. Jesus, save me. I want to spend eternity with you. I don't want to go my way. I want to go yours. I give you my life in Jesus' name.